I'm an old hippie. I'm a rebellious individual. I grew up poor, the whole nine stories, whatever you want to say. And God chose me to put this thing together. Welcome to Diesel Stories, where we sit down with professionals across the industry to hear about their journey. I'm Jacob Finlay, along with Chris O'Brien. Today, we're talking with Robert Palm, truck driver and founder and CEO of Truckers Final Mile. Bear with the audio issues on Robert's end, he literally spoke with us from a truck stop. Robert, thanks a lot for coming on to the podcast. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So Trucker's Final Mile, um, we've gotten to know you guys over the last several months, and it's really admirable what you do, but we, we wanted to kind of get the backstory. Like, what was your inspiration to get started? What's your story? Where did you grow up? And so maybe you can kind of catch us up to speed, Robert. Where, where did you grow up? How did you get into this industry? Tell us the story. <laughs> it's, it's a story, driver. let me tell you. Um, there's a little hamlet uh, village north of Niagara Falls, New York. It's called Youngstown, New York. It's uh, where the Niagara River flows into Lake Ontario. And there is an old Civil War fortress right there called Fort Niagara. And outside of that little village, uh, there's a smaller little teeny tiny area they called Lakewood. Um, Our little cottage was literally on the beach of Lake Ontario. And um, Mm -hmm. We grew up poor, uh, and it, it was it was a rough upbringing. You know, there was a five room cottage. Uh, Mom raised seven of us in that cottage, and you know, in the winter time, when the gales in November came across the water of Lake Ontario, uh, the windows weren't sealed well, and and you know, we used to have snowdrifts in in our front sunroom, which was in the summertime. The the younger boys' uh, bedroom. So um, after a bit of that, you know, as a young lad, mom and, and dad split up. So, you know, broken family home type situation. Uh, mom ended up relocating to Albuquerque, New Mexico. And as a young lad and as a teen, um, I was a rebellious individual and, you know, didn't have the best grades in the world. I never paid attention to the streetlights coming on at night and I never went home and mom never knew where I was, you know, especially once I had my license in my car. And in New Mexico at that time, uh, you could get your driver's license at age 14 and a half. And I was one of the first kids in line to get mine. So I was gone and that, that was my freedom. Um, but you know, I, I started working and paid for my own car and all our stuff. And, uh, um, still being a rebel. Uh, once it came time for me to drop out of high school, uh, my stepdaddy figured, well, you know, it's time to serve your country, young man. And, and off to the infantry, I went for a while. So um, I got out of the service in January of 1980, uh, after being in for four and a half years, the 101st Airborne Division, um, doing some tours of you know, certain parts of the world and all that. I got out in January of 80. Um, my home address on my DD-214 was Albuquerque. So that's where Uncle Sam gave me a bus ticket to. And I just sowed my oats for the first year, I guess you could say. And in March of 91, 
You know, when I was a kid, we grew up, I, I grew up at a towing yard. You know, I was always around cars. I was always hanging around with the guys, you know, in the tow trucks and going out on calls and service recoveries with them and, and, and all those things. And so when I got out of the Army and I had been a driver for a, a battalion commander for a little bit in the Army, um, you know, driving was already starting to get into my bloodstream, you know, just, just through a few little paper cuts or whatever. But the driving niche was there. And so in, in uh, March of uh, 81, I started driving uh, for a dump truck company until that owner passed away. And then everybody lost their jobs then. Um, so Robert, you, so you, was that in Youngstown, your family had a tow operation? No, that was in Albuquerque. That was in Albuquerque. Okay, so you guys yeah, moved. Was, I missed that. Okay, so yeah. you moved. How old were you again when you moved to Albuquerque? Gosh, 13, 14. Gotcha. And that's when you got the license in New Mexico or the age? Yeah, I got my license at age 14. And, you know, it was in my blood at that time. You know, after growing up around tow trucks and all that, um, you know, it, I drove that dump truck for, for a year or so before the owner passed away and we all lost our jobs. And, and after that, I went back into towing and I was able to drive myself at that time, uh, you know, work professionally in that field. And I worked heavy duty uh, recovery and, and towing for eight years. And, um, you know, you see a lot of things in towing, man. There's, there's stories that uh, I could tell you all day long just about what we did in towing. Mm. And so, you know, we have to keep the podcast family friendly also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I understand. And, and, you know, so you move around, you do things in life. Um, you know, I ended up going to San Diego, California, working for a towing company out there. Uh, I went to uh, national towing competitions. I ended up getting a job up in Sacramento. So I was able to live in San Diego for a year and a half, lived in Sacramento for a couple of years, uh, lived in Albuquerque, you know, doing towing and all that. And then it just got to the point to where, you know, you do keep your ghosts with you. And um, it, it, it was it was time for me to move on and do other things. And so I started driving 48 states, you know, driving the big rigs out there with the big boys and and, um, you know, in you know, experiences and things you deal with in life, they all come with you and they all stick with you. And some things bounce off, some things don't. Um, my stepbrother was killed in a tractor trailer crash in Williamsport, Pennsylvania in 1993. Um, the family group had to come together to, to get him uh, set up and get him home to be laid to rest in 93. Uh, July 1993, I was in Robert. Let me just stop you there. So your so your stepbrother was driving for a company in 1993, or an owner operator. No, no, he yeah, 93. He was driving for a company, and he uh, his truck overturned on a uh, exit ramp in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, and he was ejected from the truck. Oh wow! And the the company. what did the company, company did a whole bunch of nothing hmm. you know i mean back in the day 93 you know there was no organizations or anything available now the guys that he worked with you know uh fellow employees they came together he had purchased some hunting land an acre and a half or or something of hunting land 
and the employees of the company came together, you know, to pay that land off for his daughters. But um, there was nothing that was done for him per se, uh, as, as far as getting him gathered up. And, you know, I mean, I went into his truck uh, to, to retrieve all of his personal belongings. And, um, you know, like you said, it's a family show. I got, I've got all kinds of pictures. I've got statements from the uh, Pennsylvania Highway Patrolman down there that had been, you know, investigating collisions for 30 years. Uh, in the newspaper, he mentioned that it was the worst he had ever seen. Um, you know, so, I mean, it was a, a very traumatic, very bad, very, very bad crash. Um, you know, not, you know, he lost his life in it. And, it was bad for us and the family as well. I got in his truck, took his personal belongings out, what I could, and, you know, so that mom could have everything and, you know, the thing that you do, but, you know, that sticks with you. Um, in July of 97. Well, Robert, before uh, we hold off on that, before we go yeah. there, um, tell me when you got in, so this is the early 1980s when you got in and started driving yourself, right? You did yes. the tow thing, San Diego, Sacramento. Um, did you start out owner operator driving for a company? No, I was just a company guy. I, I was just, uh, I'm sorry. Who did you drive for at start, to start off? Um, well, let's see, there were several towing companies in the metropolitan Albuquerque area. Um, Acme, BNC, uh, Munoz. Um, there was one company in Albuquerque was called Malcolm Towing. And he never accepted any applications. He was he was one of the hot ones back in the day. Um, and work for Malcolm, you had to you had to be invited. You had to be good enough that he would. Uh, he, he was a quality character, man. And that was a, and that was a towing company. Yeah, it was a towing company owner. You know, he'd he'd uh, he'd shadow you. Uh, to, to watch you do a recovery. You know, you've got a car down in a ravine and he'd watch to make sure you knew what you were doing and all that stuff. And uh, he had the finest trucks in the, in the entire state. And, um, you know, you got invited to drive a tow truck for, for Malcolm. So did, you, so did you go from Sacramento back to Albuquerque when you started driving over the road, the 48th state? Yep, sure did. Cool. Yeah. And, and uh, what company did you start out with when you got back to Albuquerque? Or did been you with, drive for a bunch? I've been, I've been with a ton of companies. Okay, gotcha. All right, yeah. understood. I'm a, remember what I said in the beginning? I'm a rebel. <laughs> <laughs> now, did, did you need a... If I, if I don't like you, I'm leaving you. <laughs> it, it's just, you know, I, everything I did, um, you know, it, as, as a kid, you learn from the streets and you learn the ropes and all that. You know, I made sure that every move that I made in my in my driving career was a move upward. You know, um, I worked for a company called New Mexico Sales. In New Mexico Sales, um, it was a grocery distribution company. And I canvassed the entire Navajo and Hopi Indian reservations, going to all the little trading posts and all the chapter houses and unloading that, you know, truck by hand, going down roads that were uh, gully washers in, in, in a rainstorm, roads that were never plowed in the wintertime. So this is like Shiprock, Shiprock, Farmington area. Or if you know where Shiprock is and you go south and then you turn west, 
on a little two-lane dirt road, there's a place called Two Gray Hills. And that's way back up in the sticks. I used to take 18-wheeler back up there to the chapter house. Um, you know, so you get out there, and you're delivering groceries, and it's all offloading by hand. And, and um, let's see, gosh, so, so many places on the reservation up there. And we covered all of that with New Mexico sales. And when New Mexico sales started taking a turn downward, you know, as, as things changed in the industry back then even, um, you know, I went to craft food service. And, you know, I'm the guy with the two-wheeler and the ramp, hauling doubles, splitting the doubles apart, going into the basements in Santa Fe and Taos and, and um, the Raton over Pagosa Springs, Wolf Creek Pass, up in the Alamosa, Colorado in the wintertime where it's oh, brutal cold okay and um yeah so you know but every move i made in the industry was a move upwards you know and now i was go ahead oh i was just gonna say robert this is chris um you know that that's that's uh my wheelhouse so it was uh there's a shamrock foods company that i worked for for about 20 years and uh i uh yeah. had the two-wheeler in my hand they're still around crafts now uh u.s foods and are now right. i think acquired by cisco but so back then, we, we barely had the CDL when I was coming, you know, getting into driving. Um, it was the early 90s, and the CDL requirement came out in 92. That was like a big thing, and it sounds like you were even driving before that, when potentially even when before the CDL was a thing. Yeah, I'm one of the grandfathers. I, oh, the grandfather you in. Nice. Yes, sir. Nice. The, yeah. The, yeah. It's yeah. always a pleasure to meet the uh, original guys that were out there. Yeah, on the I'm one of those guys. Yeah, we had, um, I think our CDL test, when they um, transitioned us into the program, I think it was a 25-question multiple choice of the answers on the back, and it was a $10 fee for it. And, I mean, that was, I've never taken an official Robert, you broke up there. What were you saying? Uh, You've never taken what? CDL test. Oh, um, right. You know, right, right. I've never taken the official test. You know, you know what I mean? Because I've had a continuous CDL since then. Oh, um, yeah. you know, and I've had a continuous two-year medical um, card. You know, so it's been two years for me. None of this one month, six month stuff. It's always been two years for me. And um, I've had that continuous all through my career. Wow. So, yeah, I, I'm one of the, those guys. That's awesome. Yeah. Mine was, uh, I, I was just, a, I was a little bit right in the mid 90s. I was a cut above you where I had this, I had the, I had the questions, but I actually had to lap the block once. <laughs> and then I got mine because it had to be official, right? right? right. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I hear you. Yeah. So, Robert. Yeah, well, you know, I've done road tests for companies and stuff. But go ahead. Oh, oh yeah, I was just gonna ask. Um, so your stepbrother, um, so you you're one of seven, right? That your mom raised. Yeah. All together, and then you came back. Uh, was yeah. your stepbrother one of those seven? Uh, no, no, he was he was on the other side. Came on the. He's the other step. Came on the yeah. later. <laughs> and it was yeah. it was it kind of the family business? Were you the only two that got into trucking? No, 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 no. Um, Joey came back from Vietnam. And, um, you know, a lot of the veterans that came back from them, um, they didn't have anywhere to go. It was a bad time for, for the right. veterans. Back then. And, um, you know, their happy space was behind the wheel of a truck. You know, they continued to serve the country 
in a different capacity. You know, I didn't go to Nam. I went in in 75. I got out in January of 80. Um, you know, I, I didn't see any combat or anything like that. I was, I was one of the guys, I was infantry. You know, I'm flying around with the pilots in, in helicopters at Fort Campbell, Kentucky that came back from Nam. And when they were having their flashbacks and all that, us, us little, you know, rookie grunts, we're in the back of the bird and, and we're at their mercy. You know, it was, it was good times. But, um, uh, you know, at, at that time in America, when the, a, lot, a lot of the veterans ended up in trucks and today there's a lot of programs for veterans that weren't available at that time. Um, so... Yeah, he he uh, he went into trucking after he came back from Vietnam. I love the way that you said that too. He served his country in a different way, right? He kept serving his country. I think a lot of people forget that the truckers out on the road they're they're in harm's way. They're risking their lives. They've got there's a lot of stuff going on on these highways. They're moving freight from one end to the other. Sometimes it's medical supplies, food, and it is serving uh, our country. Um, and it's uh, sometimes uh, overlooked. So I love the way you praised how he continued to serve his country. You know, and, and thank you. And and that's one of the things that we've, you know, like I said, it, you know, life goes on, things grow on you, things happen. You remember things, you, you put things into a formula. Sometimes you put it in the back corner, you never use it, and then one day you need it. Um, we at, at truckersfinalmile.org, our goal you know, obviously we're not at that point yet, but our goal is to treat each deceased or otherwise needing assistance truck driver as we treat our servicemen with that type of dignity and respect when they come home. I wanna put, you know, when a truck driver passes away out on the road, I wanna be able to put his significant other on an airplane to escort him home. We want to get to that. We're not. It's going to take several years to get to that point. Um, but we want to be able to do that. When a, when a driver is injured, you know, I was in a crash in 97. July 97, I was in a crash. My family nearly had to come and get me. They didn't know what was going on. Um, my ex, well, she's my ex, but my wife at the time, she got a phone call at 5.30 in the morning from Grant Memorial Medical Center in Columbus, Ohio. And the nurse said, listen, we've got him here. We don't know if he's got a broken neck or a broken back, but we're going to get back to you. You know, she's a thousand miles away in a different time zone. And she's got this triage nurse calling her at 5.30 in the morning. So what does she do? Well, she gets on the phone with my uncle that just happened to live outside of Columbus, Ohio. She's in a state of panic. He gets on the TV set. You know, we the interstate was closed for eight hours in downtown Columbus because of the collision I was involved in. And my uncle's like, hey, somebody's dead in that crash. And, you know, so obviously she's in a bigger panic from this point on, not knowing what's going on. We're the lead story in the news. And he's like, you know, I'll try and find something out for you. In the meantime, I'm in the trauma center down there at Grant Memorial. They've got me in, in surgery and, and all this other stuff trying to put me back together. And, and she's just in a state of panic. So what we want to do with our organization, those things, like I said, to you, 
we want to be able to get the significant other to the driver's side in a scenario like that because believe it or not being a thousand miles away from home and you're looking at those acoustic ceiling tiles all day because you can't move anywhere you're you're the driver himself is in a state of shock and panic and just having your significant other's hand in yours is believe it or not going to begin the healing process okay so we want to get to the point where we can get significant other to the driver's side they can have that conversation you know honey you're here you're hurt you're okay you're being well taken care of i've met with the physician team i know what the plan is to make you better let's talk about what we're going to do you know we got to get with the red cross we have to get with other charity organizations within the industry we have to get the mother-in-law moved in maybe to help take care of the kids because now maybe the significant other has to go get a part-time job to help cover what's coming in for the driver that was the primary income winner so and then we can get her back home in a day or two after she visits they've got a plan she starts implementing that plan and puts it in place and then when the physician team releases that driver from care, we can assist in getting him or her home to the family to begin the rehab and um, you know the healing process and the recovery process. You know, we've had situations already in the last few years where we've had a driver that's severely injured after a collision, and they will not release that driver unless he's been accepted to a rehab facility in his or her hometown or they've someone has made uh improvements to the home so they can access the home so that's why we developed our fifth program which is our mobility program and we will go to a driver's home and we'll help construct a wheelchair ramp or or a roll-in shower or do a pocket door in a restroom or something like that yeah. so that they ease of accessibility and that allows that driver to be released from that far away hospital it helps reduce the medical care bills because they don't release them to a rehab center in in say cheyenne wyoming um they yeah. can release them to the rehab center as an outpatient at home and that actually keeps the cost down and believe it or not that helps the healing process i want to want to go with Robert, I want to go into go the programs that you guys are offering um, because this is really amazing what you guys are doing. Um, before we do that, so you mentioned, so it was in 1997, you were involved in the accident in Columbus, Ohio. Yes. And so you experienced that now, now firsthand as the driver. And then there was yes. also a, um, I was reading on your website, the situation where you, your appendix burst while you were driving yes. in the cab. Can you <laughs> yeah, tell us about that? That, that, that's the story that's not going to get me on the Oprah book club. Uh, <laughs> I'm tooling down Interstate 70 outside of St. Louis, right? I get this belly aching, and man, I'm getting bad, bad, bad. And and I knew it wasn't nauseous or something. It was something internal, something, something was very bad. So I got on the phone with 911, and I said, listen, I'm over here at this exit. And um, I need someone to send me an ambulance because I'm going. I, I need some help. And uh, they said, you know, we know where you're at. We're the hospital's two exits away. You could probably get down here bef if you're feeling up to it. We, you could get down here before we can get an ambulance to you. And I said, all right. So I wheeled my 18 wheeler uh, into the Lake St. Louis 
uh, medical center there out, outside of St. Louis, Missouri. And they met me at the truck with a gurney. And in my opinion, said, we're going right in right now. And they did a, uh, uh, I don't know what it was, CAT scan, an expert, whatever, portable machine right there in the hallway. And he had the pictures. He knew where he was going. As soon as we got into the uh, in the room, it took that five minutes. I was I was under the blade, mm -hmm. and um, you know when I came out uh, recovery room, you know they said, "Well, you're probably going to be here a week. You know, we want to check up on you, want to do things, blah blah blah." Okay, so you know how do you get your wife to your side? Um, and were you how do you get a, home? You were driving for a company at the time, Robert. You know, Yes, I was driving for a company at the time, and, and their greatest assistance that they offered was to have my truck impounded with all my personal belongings and all that. So they did nothing to get me home, so I had to borrow, actually at that time, I had to borrow money from family to get a, get a plane ticket home after I was released from care. And then so I sat a couple months at the home, you know, because you got to recover. You can't just go right back into it. So I spent a couple, three months at the house. And um, I called the company, you know, and they said, well, yeah, when you're ready to come to work, come back, come on back up here. And they, I'm not going to say the city they were in, because if I say the city, then everybody will know what it was. Um, and I, yeah, I'm not going to do that. But um, they said, yeah, come on back up here and we'll get you back to work. And I took a Greyhound back up there and, and uh, wow. I'm like, where's my truck? So Robert, has it? Has it's it gotten, not here. It's in St. Louis. <laughs> Robert, has it gotten better? What year was that, by the way, when your appendix burst? Oh, that was 2010. 2010. And it's still yeah. happening. At, so, you know, I think that's almost a call to action. And, I, you know, I, I hope some folks hear this out here. It's, I've, I feel like it's a responsibility of a company to, to no. work no, that's, through that. that that's, that's one thing I've learned doing this charity stuff. Um, in, in the trucking industry, no company, unless contractually obligated, is under any obligation to bring any driver home for any reason. They do not have to bring you home for anything unless it's in a contract. And I have never seen a contract so with not, that in it. We're not, we're not just talking about... We're not just talking about owner operators, Robert, right? We're talking about, I'm a W2 employee of this company. Yeah, a W2 employee of your company or any company. You don't have to bring them home. If, if you've got a new driver out there and he's got a trainer and they get in fisticuffs in the cab of the truck or something like that, and that trainer says, you are out of here, Jack. You better be ready to get yourself home because the company doesn't have to, okay? Um, there are times where we've had companies call the charity. Hey, can you help us get driver XYZ home? Because he was logged out at the time. His heart attack. And, and yeah, he was off duty. It had nothing to do with their, their them trucking. So he lived in their truck, but he had a heart attack during off duty time. So one workers comp's not going to cover him for anything. And number two, he needs to get home. Yeah. And what do you do? So we've got to the point in truckers front a mile that we've had one company in the last four months refer three families to us. And we've got those drivers home. And the company was not large stepping truck, up. Large, large, large 
Are there, are there companies, are there any companies that kind of stand out that do kind of step in? Absolutely. Absolutely. There are, there are many, 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 many companies, you know, my, we answer the phone 24 seven. So, you know, we're, you're not going to be able to get the CEO every day or the COO every day um, because they're on the golf course. All right. No offense, fellas, but, but you're, you you got other things to do. You've got other priorities within the company. You're doing other things. That's why you have an HR director. That's why you've got, you know, a, a, a driver safety manager or whatever you may have within the organization. You have those people to do your biddings so that you could go and do other things to betterment of the company. Okay. And we get that. So we can't always get a hold of the people that make the decisions in the company. Mm-hmm. Okay. We might get somebody, a family calls us on a Friday evening. Hey, hey, Robert, uh, we're losing you a little bit. Uh, you're breaking up. Can you hear me now? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. We had a, we had a Wi-Fi problem over here. We had a big, I'm, I'm in a uh, truck stop right now and a big truck back there next to me. So we, uh, you're literally on the side of the road. I'm literally in a truck stop. Oh, the truck stop. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm in. I'm in the truck stop. Robert, what are some of the com- what are some of the companies that do a good job of taking care of the drivers? Um, we're kind of equally. Uh, you know, you know, we don't promote any companies in that fashion. Okay. Uh, it, 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 it's like if a company calls and say, you know, the family's got 30 days to come here and pick up the driver's belongings or we're throwing them in the trash. We don't mention those companies either. Yeah. Um, we kind of stay above board. We, we have to be uh, Switzerland, so to speak. And, and so, yeah, yeah we, we don't do. What's the, um, what, go ahead, Chris. Yeah. I did, you know, for me, it's just, this is like a, this is an alarming call to action. I mean, now granted we didn't have as many over the road, but uh, we had an obligation to help assist. And in some cases, you know, that it, it, it might not be reasonable based on certain circumstances. Sure. Um, but there's gotta be, you know, uh, the folks that listen to this um, we, we've got to put something together to support this because companies should uh, step up. And I, I get you're stretched across the U S and different, different things yeah. that happen with companies, but I don't know if it's a legal obligation or, or if it's just tied to workman's comp or, or where does it end, but it just, uh, what we're talking about here and what we're describing, it's, it's awesome that you're, you, you've, you've it's basically humanity. Yeah. This is just, well, you know, we're just, you know, like I said in the beginning, um, you know, these are things that stay with you and what's our Time limit here. Do I have a little bit more time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay, so um all of these things that that you know between my appendix rupturing in the truck, being involved in a severe collision myself, um, you know, not having a lot. You know, I went from job to job. I didn't have a lot of job stability in that. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm a rebellious type individual. It is just my nature. And, um, you know, after getting Joey home, my brother home, and, and, and all the things that went on, the thing that capsulated everything 
I guess you could say was um, in 2012, I was following along behind a, uh, uh, a lady driving a tanker truck and she rolled that tanker truck down into a ravine. And if you were oncoming, you couldn't see where the truck had landed. So I pull over, I ran down into the ravine and grabbed her. And as, as I was just getting in a position to hold her, the, the seat was upside down. She was still in the seat and it came down on top of me. And so I was kind of stuck um, in the wreckage with her, with her down on top of me. And while we're waiting for first responders to show up at the scene, you know, she was conscious and coherent. And we were talking about her family and her children and, and what would happen if she passed away and, and, and all these things that were gonna change in her life because of this one collision. And eventually after, uh, you know, an hour or so, all totaled, a life flight helicopter came, first responders came, we put her on a gurney, we put her into the bird, and then, you know, it was pretty much the end of it. So as I'm walking up out of the ravine, and, and this is my testimony, I'll share it with everybody as often as I possibly can. The Lord spoke to me and, and God said, Robert, you know what? There's something else we need you to be doing. And here's how we're gonna do this. Um, and, you know, who am I? You know, out of 330 some million people, I'm an, I'm an old hippie, I'm a rebellious individual. I grew up poor, the whole nine stories, whatever you wanna say. And God chose me to put this thing together. And um, so for all of 2013, that's what I did. My, myself, my wife, we put this together and we did the homework. Uh, we did the legal backgrounds. We did everything that we possibly could to find out what we needed to do in order to begin a 501c3. And then we wrote a strategic plan. We got in detailed in that plan. We got specific in that plan as to what we we're gonna do and how we we're gonna do it. And um, in April of 2014, we did our corporation documents and everything. Uh, and, and at the same time, we did our 501c3 documents. They were not issued until August of 2014, but at that time, they were made re retroactive to April of 2014. And we began operations May 1st, 2014. And between then and now, we've assisted with 292 drivers. And um, this year in 2020, we've assisted uh, thus far with 45 drivers. And the rest wow. is history. Wow. That's what we do. And the mission is, um, is even bigger. I, I don't know. What my understanding is that um, there's on average two uh, driver fatalities in North America per day. Does that sound correct to you? North of uh, uh, the United States, according to the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration's last report, is at a 31-year high for commercial vehicle occupant fatalities. Mm -hmm. Uh, there are more than 850 over-the-road commercial drivers killed in collisions 
in this country, and that, that's a commercial vehicle, commercial vehicle occupant, 850 per year on, on the nation's highways. Mm. And we're just scratching the surface. That's we're that's just scratching. Because you're also helping with people who have you know, health issues, like you had your appendix out, uh, people right. having heart attacks and dying in the cab for medical reasons, right? It's not just right. That. No, it's not just collisions. I mean, we had a collision here recently. A uh, 51-year-old truck driver was killed in a, in a crash in Texas. He had his girlfriend with him. And, you know, we're working to help get his girlfriend home. I mean, she has absolutely nothing to do with the company. Uh, but she did survive the crash. She was severely injured. Um, but we're working, you know, we're negotiating with, with the hospital and all that, waiting to see what the end result's going to be so that she, when she's released, you know, somebody's got to get her home. So, yeah. And the companies just aren't stepping up. They don't have programs in place to help support and fund. These are, well, some are, are they, right? well, some are, but I'm wondering, you know, like, are they assisting you when they reach out to you? Do they uh, donate? Like, can you help facilitate this? We don't have the means and, and then donate towards. Sure. Sure. Yes. Yeah. We've, we've had requests for assistance, you know, for example, to get a driver home that passed away in a truck. Uh, say, for example, you know, the final cost is $3,100. You know, we've had companies donate a thousand of that. Yeah, we've had that happen. It happens all the time. But we have to reach out to our regular donors um, and say, hey, you know, now we have Mr. So-and-so and we need to help get them home. And our donors, you know, this year with the loss of being able to go to all these truck shows that we typically go to um, for funding, our donors have carried us this year. It's been phenomenal uh, outreach that, that our individual donors, the $5 guys, the $10 guys, they're there at every time we put a request on social media, um, they, they've carried us. You know, and, and of course, you know, Full Bay and a couple other companies have come on board uh, we finally got uh, OIDA as a sponsor uh, this year, and but it doesn't fully make up for what we would have made up uh, had we been able to go to all the truck shows we had on our schedule this year. Gats and Mats and yeah, Gats and Mats, and already for next year, Gats is canceled. Right, and um, and and I know the Midwest. Uh, truck and trailer show in Peoria, Illinois, they have already put out a letter to us, uh, a, a poll, you know, how would you like us to proceed next year? So they're already looking at what they might be doing. I don't know what direction they're going to go to yet, but, you know, it's... Uh, so, we'll, we'll... so, Robert, um, the, so you can't name any companies specifically that do well or do poorly or whatever, but... Um, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of trucking companies out there. Um, what's, yes. I guess yes. in terms of like the ratio of companies that step up versus those that don't, uh, what percentage of companies would you say do step up versus don't? And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's about 50, 50. The, the half the um, do step up to yeah. get home? Yeah. It's about, it's about half, you know, not, you know, some companies will leave it up to the family. They won't even recommend truckers find a mile. Um, they'll just leave it to the family, you know, to do it be the way they did it before we existed. And how was it done before we existed? Well, you know, the funeral home's going to attach your life insurance policy. 
And, and that's what's going to happen. Mm. You know, it's our belief that when you have a life insurance policy, whether you purchase it yourself or if, if you um, are issued it from the company, that is to replace your earnings. That's what it's designed for. So that during the short term, in the event of a loss of life, the significant other or the spouse can take that life insurance money and perhaps get a higher education in order to now get into the workforce maybe for the first time in his or her life. Exactly. You know, when you're 40 years old and you've been dependent on a, a, a one income household and then that income is suddenly taken away, what's a $10,000 group life policy going to do for you if you have to put out $3,000 just to get your driver home? Right. How, how, you know, you may not be able to access, for example, in a, in a lease re, uh, lease purchase program some of these companies have, that last settlement check is not going to the family. It's going to go make that final week's payment on that truck. You know, there are uh, gaps in coverage in the industry. It, you know, I, and I've experienced that. Um, you know, you go from Kraft Food Service, and Kraft has got a great benefits program. they got a 401k. they got insurance. they got this and that. But if you go over to XYZ Food Service that's just getting going, well, they're not going to cover you for 60, maybe 90 days. You know, we had an instance here a couple months ago where exactly that happened. We had an over-the-road truck driver. He had like eight or 10 years of experience. He was a U.S. Army veteran, and he was up in Jersey, and he had a massive heart attack and passed away in a truck. He was six days short from earning his benefits at that particular company because his benefits from the first company were not transferable, okay? And so the company called us. There's nothing we could do, but if you can get them home, we'd appreciate it. Mm. And we did. We were able to get them home. And, and here the guy's an Army veteran. He served his country. He's been driving you know, eight, 10 years. He, he starts a new job, and bam, they won't even cover him to get him home. Robert, maybe this is a good segue to talk about uh, the, the different programs that you do offer. So um, you mentioned okay. there's four or five, right? Well, actually, there's six in operation. Okay. You ready for me to go through them? Yes. Yeah, let's talk about them. And I actually have it up on my screen now. I can see now that's six. But yeah, oh. go for it. Yeah. Okay. So... Program number one, and we didn't go in any really fancy names or not. So program one, and that is the one that Truckers Fundamentals most known for, that is assisting in the cost um, of bringing a deceased truck driver home from any point the loss of life occurs. Um, it may, you know, we don't judge fault. We don't judge cause. We've had drivers that have been killed in collisions. We've had drivers that have... Uh, lost their lives due to medical episodes. We've had drivers that have been murdered. Uh, we've had drivers that have taken their own lives in their truck. Um, it doesn't matter to us. We don't really need to know. Um, our job, our mission is to get that driver home and eliminate that burdensome cost to the family. That's our mission. 
we don't want the family to have to pay for that. Um, because if you died across town, you wouldn't have to pay for it anyway. It wouldn't cost anything. So, but truck drivers, you know, we're, we're everywhere, we're everywhere. So that's, that's what we're most known for because that's what we've done the most of. Um, program number two is for a driver that's been injured severely out on the road. And we gotta be firm. This isn't just, oh, I went to the ER and I sat in the ER for eight hours. We have to see hospital admission forms. You have to be physically admitted to the hospital. This is for guys that have broken backs, that have stab wounds, that have shooting wounds, that have severely injured in truck uh, accidents or, or whatever the situation may be that are seriously injured and admitted to the hospital. And as I explained, it's our mission to get the next akin to that person, get their hand in theirs, get a plan going, get the significant other back home, and then assist in getting the driver home after release from care. Program number three is the identical benefit, except that we categorize that under major medical, such as stroke, heart attacks, brain aneurysms, et cetera, that again requires uh, you know, hospital admission, you know, if a gentleman has a heart attack and he's had a quadruple bypass, well, obviously the first thing we want to do is get his hand in his bride's hand so that they can have a, a, a chat and get a plan going and, and go forward from there. So, so, uh, so, two, so Robert, you yourself would, would have qualified for numbers two and three, right? Severe injury, which we had in Columbus, and then the major medical right. that you had outside. Right. And, and, yeah, and, and like I said in the beginning, Jacob, this is this is where, you know, things that stick with you, you know, when, when the Lord said, Robert, you know, we're going to do a charity, I'm like, you're going to have to show me how to do this. Um, but, you know, those are the things that came back. And, and so that's what went into the strategic plan and the mission and what could we do to help others that are out there in this industry in the same types of situations. Right. So program one is loss of life. Uh, we help with the cost. We don't go get a deceased driver. We let the professionals that are trained, experienced, and, you know, and, and in that field do that. We don't haul somebody in the back of a truck or something. No, we don't do that. Um, so we let the professionals do it, but we help cover the cost. So it's done right. All right, so loss of life, um, severe injury of a driver. Uh, number three is major medical of a driver. Number four is for the driver, him or herself. Should an event occur to a household member, that's a person living under your roof, um, you know, your, your, your college-age daughter is in a severe automobile collision. Your house is taken out by a fire or a tornado or a hurricane. Um, someone in the household passes away. Uh, we want to get, and we'll work with every company on this, you know, because the company will tell you, well, you know, driver, as soon as you get down there to the terminal, we'll see if we can get you routed back over this way and you drop that one over there. Right. We'll see if we can get you to the house. Well, that doesn't work for us at all. We're drivers. We know what that's like. It's been there, done that. And we don't we don't accept that, okay? You don't want that driver behind the wheel of a truck with that on his or her mind. 
Yeah, I remember the first okay, time the, the first time my wife and I traveled overseas. Um, the night before, uh, my wife uh, started to panic a little bit when she realized how far away we would be from our kids, and if sure. something happened. And at the time, you know, um, we didn't have a ton of money to like buy a immediate ticket to get home. You know, what like what would you do? And um, can you even get a flight and so forth? Like, kind of like you and Chris were talking about earlier. Um, these drivers are, truly are serving the country because. You know, you only live once and they choose to dedicate a significant portion of their life away from home and away from their loved ones and kind of expose themselves to this risk of, well, if something does go wrong while they're away, what am I going to do? It's got to be kind of a constant fear in the back of the minds of a lot of drivers. Like, what would I actually do? How would I get home? Right. Right. Yeah. Good point. So, and, and we try... Can you hear me now? Because yeah. I'm getting interrupted yeah, you're a little bit on the my my wasn't real strong. Um, <clears throat> but yes, you know, you can you can relate a military deployment, if you would, to the trucking industry. You know, okay, it's not as long in duration. You know, we're not on a, not every driver's on the road eight months, eighteen months, um, like a soldier would be. But, you know, it makes the same sacrifice in trucking as they would in the military. You know, she still has to mow the lawn. She still has to face the sink. She's still got to be, you know, the, she's the one at the PTA meetings. You know, we're out here cruising around in parking lots, man. It's great. You know what I mean? So, I mean, um, I relate it to a military deployment, and that's why Truckers Find a Mile eventually wants to get to that level to where we're giving each driver behind the wheel that level of respect and dignity as, as we the country would for a soldier. So, all right, so we got, we got number one, loss of life, number two, severe injury, number three, major medical, number four is for the driver, him or herself. And like I said with that, get we work with the company, you know, take the truck to the truck stop, um, take the truck to a repair facility that'll secure it for a couple of days, get that driver in a ride share, get him or her on an airplane, get them home to deal with that. You know, if it's a fire or a tornado, they need to deal with the Red Cross. They need to know that their family is uh, sheltered. And then, you know, after a day or two of dealing with that, get them back on a bird and get them over there to get back to work. But now they do have to start making a little bit more money. So they need to get all right. Um, program number five is mobility. And mobility can be linked to any other program, obviously, except loss of life. Uh, if a tourist injured, uh, loses a limb in a collision or, or a situation like that, and as a result of that, loses his or her career, um, Truckers Final Mile will assist in the construction um, of accessibility. Uh, to the home, uh, wheelchair ramp, uh, roll-in showers, lower countertops, uh, pocket doors in a restroom. We want pocket doors in restrooms because if a handicapped individual is in a restroom and, and falls and falls up against the door and the only one in the home is maybe a child or, or a smaller person, they're not going to be able to get that door open to give access to care for that handicapped person. So we'll give it a pocket door in there and that slides into the wall 
and then it also adds more space to the restroom facility. Makes sense. Um, so, so we do that. Uh, number six is an on-staff chaplain. And we didn't want to just go the route of having a whole bunch of truck drivers being grief counselors or anything for, for the industry. We wanted to go all out on this. So we got us a, a on-staff chaplain. And what he does is he does an assessment when there's a request for uh, grief counseling, um, he he will make an assessment of the need, you know, because maybe truckers final mile can say, okay, you know, you live in Lincoln, Nebraska. We're going to look up the grief counselors there in Lincoln. We're going to set you an appointment. We're going to get you together. We'll pay the first one, two, maybe we'll pay the first three. You know, everybody's connected nowadays on the internet. Our children are all connected on the internet. And when you see a news uh, broadcast that sensa sensationalizes, you know, truck careens off overpass, um, you know, or, or a suicide by a truck where the driver survives or a driver survives a multi uh, number of fatalities, you know, four killed, uh, you know, uh, when a truck driver rear ends them. Well, that driver is still going to need some care and it might right. be several years. So our chaplain can at least make a referral and get that person in front of someone. So that basically is our, um, our, our programs and those programs make up our mission to reunite North Anacha. Awesome. Very respectable. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Robert. Well, Robert, um, any, before we end, anything else you want to say? Uh, how can people help? Um, I, obviously, go to truckersfinalmile.org and you, you, can, you can make a donation there. Yep. Um, what else can people do to, to help support you? Ask their boss to match the donation. Um, you know, tell their boss about it. You know, we're happy to, uh, uh, you know, send information out to anybody that we can. Um, there is one more little thing. Do, right. do I have a minute here? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Um, with those programs, we also have a annual campaign and our annual campaign is strictly and specifically for Christmas. And it's specifically for the children that lost a parent out on the road. Um, what we do is, is we open it up to any family um, that, that wants to enroll their child, send an email to Sleigh Bells and Santa, make it detailed and specific so that we can obviously, we need to verify everything. Um, and what we do is we distribute Christmas gifts each year to the children that lost a parent out on the road away from home. Now, it's not a lot. Um, but it's something that will distract or occupy the child enough so that the, um, surviving spouse, significant other has their own several moments to reflect. And, you know, you have to think about what happens after a person, after a family loses a, a um, you know, primary breadwinner you know, that individual is suddenly a single parent and has to deal with all those other things that come afterward. 
And so they need our thoughts and our prayers, not just during the event, but long after. Um, and what we did last year with Sleigh Bells and Santa, our board, we all got together and we were like, you know, getting, getting a little, little Sally and iPod is, is a real cool thing and maybe it'll help her understand the industries behind her, but we need to do more than just that because she lost her daddy. So last year we implemented a, a, an idea and we were able to provide four children of the 21 that we got gifts for last year, we were able to give four of those children a $500, 529 college education savings account so that they could go to school. And wow, this year, awesome. this year we're going to give 50 of them. And um, <laughs> wow. So we're looking for a $25,000 title sponsor to be on board with that. And um, so that we have 27 children right now, just with the families we have served this year, uh, 21, uh, 27 children have been left behind. And uh, we've it up publicly, which we're going to do here in the next week or so, that we will be able to enroll approximately 50 children and we're going to send them to school. Wow, that's that's awesome. So truckersfinalmile.org, um, there's a yes. donate now button, and you specify if you want to donate to that. Specify uh, this is sleigh bells and Santa. Yeah, just put. We'll see it. Just put it. Uh, you broke up there, but yeah. So put Maybe it to sleigh bells. Uh, this is, uh, yeah. Sleigh bells. Yep. Can you hear me now? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We're good. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm having intermittent. Okay. Uh, yeah. No yeah. problem. We know. Uh, so we didn't even really talk about that. You're still. You're not doing this for a job. You're still active. No, I drive a truck. I'm in a truck right now. I drive yeah. a truck. This is yeah. this is truly a mission. You're, you know, you feel called to do this. You're doing it, yes. executing, you're running this nonprofit that's making such a difference and you're still driving truck. It's amazing. Yes, thank you. Uh, we, uh, no, one, no one in the organization has taken a penny out of it since we incepted it. You know, it's been seven years. No one gets a wage, no one gets bonuses, no one gets salaries, none of that stuff. Uh, when we all go to truck shows, you know, we sacrifice our revenue. Uh, you know, because it takes three, four, or five days to be at a truck show. You know, that's what you need to do. Uh, so yeah, we we're doing it. This, this when when you talk about charity, this is a charity. There's no memberships. Uh, there's no committees to go in front of. Um, none of that. It, it, it's it's 100% charity organization, and that's how it was intended in the beginning. And that's how it continues today. And that's how it will be in the future. Mm. Impressive. Setting the new bar for a charity. There's so many, uh, there's so many great foundations out there and it's rare to see one contributing at the level that you're contributing. And I, I know we want to do some more work with you. So, you know, Sharon and Matt uh, will, will more than likely be reaching out as we get closer to the holidays and, we're definitely here to support you and, and uh, help you anyway. Well, we appreciate it. We, we appreciate it. All we ask is, you know, keep spreading the word. 
I mean, you guys, uh, since, since the beginning with you guys has been phenomenal. Uh, you know, I got the t-shirt, I wear the t-shirt <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm, I'm good. You guys are awesome. You know, so anytime, anytime you guys need anything, you know, you know how to get a hold of me. And I'll, I'll, that, that's one thing about truckers final mile. We answer the phone anytime. <laughs> and, um, you know, you can get a hold of our CEO, uh, no offense, Jacob, but just kidding. No. Uh, you can get a hold of our CEO anytime, 24 hours a day, because he's in a big truck. He's going down the road and, and uh, you know, he's doing what needs to be done. And I make it a point uh, that I speak to every family uh, and I speak to every company. Uh, you know, we make the request, hey, we're helping your driver. Why don't you help us help them? And um, so, yeah, it's we're all family. We, you know, the trucking industry, they're all my brothers and sisters out here. And that's what it's all about. So, and yeah, there we are. It's really incredible what you guys are doing and basically shoestring budget. You're not taking any money out. There's no, nope. there's no overhead, nothing. And the mission. Over, overhead is low. I mean, you know, we lose, uh, we lose, you know, because we have all the platforms for donations available that anybody would want to use. And obviously, when you have that many so platforms nice. available, you know, yeah, you've right, got the right, transaction right. fees and, right, right. And, and all that. So, I mean, but if you wanted to put a number on it, I would say that our return to the program is anywhere from 92 to 94%. Uh, it, as it comes in, it goes right back out to those that we serve. Um, you know, we're on great nonprofits, if anybody's familiar with that, uh, for the fifth consecutive year uh, greatnonprofits.org has deemed truckers final mile a top nonprofit uh, we're on guidestar um, as a military veteran we are a nonprofit member of veteran owned companies and, and we're in good standing over there and all of our documents our 501c3 document our state of new mexico uh uh, articles of incorporation, all that anybody would need or want to see is published on our website under the About Us tab. Uh, there are changes coming. It's been seven years. That website that you folks are looking at, that was written by me in a truck. <laughs> and I, I made that red website. I learned how to do that here in the truck. And uh, at long last, uh, we are finally revamping that website been seven years. Robert, what, uh, what you're doing, it reminds me, uh, you probably know this James 127 pure religion is this to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction. Yes. That's exactly what you got. Well, very impressive. Well, that's the thing. See, God chose me. He picked me out of that ravine and said, Robert here, look, and you ain't done enough yet. And, um, I am not a religious type person. Um, there, there's no way on this earth I would have ever done this without his intervention. And, um, I love God and I fear God and I have faith in him that, you know, he uses me as a, a guinea pig on his sense of humor sometimes. And, uh, it's like, Lord, we need some more money. And then one day, boom, there it is. And then one day there it ain't, you know? So, I, I mean, it, it's an ongoing relationship we have now and, uh, it's, it's working to the, to the advantage of the families in this industry. And uh, he's on our side and, and I'm happy with it. So 
All right. Uh, yeah. Well, I uh, thank you, Robert. Um, Robert Palm, truckersfinalmile.org is the website. Um, you can go there to donate and the mission is incredible. And uh, we look forward to seeing uh, and speaking to you uh, more in the future. We wish Absolutely. you luck, Robert. Yeah, thank you guys so much. I appreciate everything you're doing and our support and, and, and helping us get the word out about the mission and, and your generous donation is awesome. And uh, we thank you guys for, for uh, being supportive of Truckers Final Mile. All right. Proud to be associated and uh, be safe out there on the road. Yeah, and there's some new stuff coming for you. I've got some things going on. I'm, uh, uh, I'll be filling you in on here in the next month or so as we get closer to the holiday. But I want to let you know that um, I did get the new uh, logo and everything so that it's more clear. But like I said, we are building a new website, so you'll see some real neat stuff on that soon. Awesome. All right. Awesome, Robert. Stay safe on the road. Look forward to talking to you soon. All right, guys, anytime. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Diesel Stories Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and check out dieselstories.com for more episodes.